here you are, Marina, the inside of the church itself. It's even more lovely than the outside, isn't it? Yeah, I'm glad you like it. Now, somewhere around here, there should be the vicar. Yoo-hoo! Anyone at home? Hmm? Did someone call? Ah, yes, over here! Ah, Morgan, how are you? Now, just remember, Marina, he's a little deaf, so... Speak up, man. You know I'm a little deaf. Ah, yes, of course. Ah, Reverend, this is my friend Marina, and... This is unexpected. Most kind. I'll give you a receipt. What? Oh, no, 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 I'm not donating her. No, she just wanted to see the church. Uh, have a look round, you know. <laughs> Certainly. So glad you've, uh, dropped in. Do you realise this time next week we'll all be sleeping off our Christmas dinner? Well, uh, not quite. There's still about ten days to go until then, but before that... Before? Uh, yes, we have to get this week's randomizer done. Uh, the button right here, if, if you would. Yes, I know. I understand. I must say, Reverend, you certainly carry that tune better than certain other residents of the Anderson universe. Have you ever heard the Tracy Boys rendition? Oh, shocking. Ah, you have. Right, let's see what we have today. Yes, well... It's Supercar with What Goes Up. The Lord moves in mysterious ways. Supercar! So it's back to Supercar on the Randomizer. This is um, one of the earliest Supercar episodes we have yet seen. I think only beaten by Talisman of Sargon. And what's this? Oh, Mitch, you can't go in there. HQ Project, 4th of July. And Colonel Lewis, too. Dr. Beaker says there just isn't any room for us. <laughs> he also says I'm an annoying little squirt who needs to clear off, but he said it in slightly more rude words than that. You're in the control room. <laughs> Come on, then. We'll be able to see just exactly what they're doing. Mm. Ooh. Lots of business going on in the workshop. Luckily, Jimmy and, Jimmy and Mitch aren't allowed in to well, see. gentlemen, uh, so far so good. Uh, she'll gain a little more altitude over the next hour or so, but it'll be slow. This is Colonel Lewis, who... Somewhere in the region of... Uh, I think I have to say is one of the ugliest guest characters to ever appear in any Supermarionation production. She's carrying a heavier load than usual, but, well, she's up all right. It might be because the puppet seems to be incapable of closing its mouth, so it just sort of, when he's not got dialogue, he stands there with a sort of derpy expression on his face. But we don't want her down here again. Oh, sirree, uh, not with that cargo on board. Uh, so they've launched some kind of balloon with some kind of dangerous cargo into, uh... Like being at the movies. Well, what looks like space, I suppose. Hello, South Dakota. South Dakota, do you read? South Dakota here, reading track clear. Canaveral, do you read? Claire. Patterson Field, do you read? Patterson Field here. Yeah, trace clear. Once again, I love, I really love all this with early supercar. Lots of... Oh, thank you, thank you. ...chatter that doesn't really drive the story, but just makes what's going on feel a bit more more real. Like with checking in everybody, uh, checking in with everybody there. I think that happens a few times during this episode. Detroit. Yes, yes, that's right, Jimmy. Uh, make a bang that'll be seen for miles, uh, with a telescope, of course. Uh, Fireworks in the stratosphere. That's why we call a project Fourth of July. Maybe you get it, Mitch. Mitch is on the phone, checking with uh, checking with his people. This all checks out. Why can't you bring it down somehow? Say on a parachute. Well, uh, we could, Jimmy, easily, uh, but it would be too dangerous. There's nothing suspicious. Shut up. <laughs> you see, Jimmy, that capsule up there contains more than seven liters of the Colonel's new rocket fuel. Quite apart from all the instruments. 
transmitting readings to Dr. Beaker. Don't the instruments cost an awful lot? Oh, I'm afraid they do, but we just can't risk bringing them down, just the same. Why, tap it with a rubber mallet and I should think it would go off like a bomb. Oh, he's right, too. It's okay up there at 100,000 feet, but down here... It might still explode, no matter how gently you brought it down. That's about the size of it. And that's entirely neglecting the possibility that it has received quite a considerable amount of radiation. And that is why I have recommended that you, Jimmy, should go and investigate the matter. Uh, I will provide you with a stick. No one. But in any case, it won't be wasted. The Colonel will by then have received much valuable information. Thank you. About sending explosives into space. Which guess it sounds safer up there. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure why they're doing this, and I may have waffled over it. I reckon you're more interested in popcorn than balloons. <laughs> It's one of the dangers of doing this with episodes that, um, I mean, I've seen this before several times, but not for a long time, so I'm kind of unfamiliar with it. In the capsule's internal pressure kernel. If you're interested, in the first time I saw this episode, this was on the Tape Trading Network. I had a, a whole VHS tape, Supercar Episodes 1 to 20, back to back. I'm bound to say I put little faith in your stabilizer. It seems that Dr. Beaker thinks that on account of we're the Air Force, we aren't likely to be chemical geniuses. And here's why we, we see why the uh, the Colonel Puppet is incapable of closing his mouth, because he's got to have a cigar jammed in there at all times. That's still within theoretical normal limits, you know, Dr. Baker. Is something wrong, Mike? Just can't tell, Jimmy. Half of it's way over my head. Sounds like the safest place for it to be. In any case... Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Jimmy humor. Not my... It's almost like regular humor, but not. I am bound to say that I put very little confidence in that either. Well, okay, Doc. Oh, that was another catchphrase of Beaker's in early episodes. I am bound to say. <laughs> now, Mitch, he didn't mean any offense. <laughs> Don't mind oh, That's it. Mitch is on a jihad. He's gonna, he's gonna have the Colonel's head by the end of the day. Uh, external temperature, minus 55 centigrade. If you like that sort of thing. Patterson Field, do you read? Patterson, trace, steady. Uh, and the volume appears steady too, Doctor. Uh, seven. Again, I really admire what the Woodhouses were doing with the scientific element in this, and despite what I said earlier, I'm actually kind of... Everything would seem to be... ...tiring of this technical chatter by this point. Have you the recordings okay? Perfect, thank you. And we were more than five minutes in by this point, and, um... I think we're just about ready to call it a day. Nothing much has actually happened. Gee, Mitch, I think they're getting ready to blow up the capsule. Should be exciting. Won't be anything to get steamed up about, Jimmy. Why, Mike? What happens? Doc, you care to lecture your audience on what you're going to do? All that will happen is that I shall press this button, and the radar trace will disappear from the screen. Provide, that is, if um, the Air Force will permit me another <laughs> small dig at them, uh, provided it works. You sound like you thought it mightn't, Doc. What then? I was only being uh, humorous. Of course it would work. Humorous. It's that thing that you tried to do earlier, but failed it. In a gosh-awful mess, let's face it. But it won't happen. We can be sure of that. Hmm. He's up there just waiting to blow. Yep. Nothing can possibly go wrong. Oh, that saying hasn't been invented yet. all tracking stations. This is Project Fourth of July. This is Project Fourth of July. We are ready to blow. I repeat, we are ready to blow in 60 seconds from now. Repeat 60 seconds. Please check your screen. And this is an episode that was plundered for clips on the old ITC home video uh, trailer. People will remember that line and uh, Teddy is a rock. various shots from around the lab here. The floor is yours, Dr. Beaker. Ready when you are. And then if everyone is uh, 
Prepared, I shall press the firing button in 40 seconds. I have taped the words, nothing can possibly go wrong, onto the button, uh, just to make sure. 36, 34, 32. Oh, Mitch is prepared for the Big Bang. His, his bag of nuts, which he has consumed, he has uh, blown up and he's ready to pop it. 24, 22, 20. You're not going to... Oh, no, we're going to do the whole countdown. 16, 14, 12... Ten. What next? Eight. Ooh. Six. <gasps> four. Ooh. Two. <gasps> zero. Fire! What in tarnation? Nothing happened. No, except Mitch and his little paper bag. That wretched monkey. Oh, Beaker's got sweat on him there. That's uh, unusual to see with the supercar puppets. But the balloon has not gone bang. The trace is still on here. Then it is still up there. Emergency one, capsule has failed, explode. Stand by for emergency instructions. Repeat, stand by for emergency instructions. Oh, this is nice. An Emerald Doll Station, stand by. This is also, um, the, I think, the earliest instance of the supercar team working with somebody else. I think this um, Colonel Lewis guy is the first, the first person outside of the supercar team to actually visit the base. It's your own fault, you know, resting that bag and scaring everyone. <laughs> You, you made the general cry, Mitch, you and your paper bag. He's very sensitive. Now Mike's going up and thinks... Is he a general or a colonel? I can't remember what I'm calling him. Well, that's it, colonel. That's colonel, okay. Well, say, I've never seen anything like it. Even though I had to walk through the workshop where it is to get to the office where we're doing all the balloon stuff. But Mike, we've never tried supercar at such altitude. Well, it's the first time for everything. True, but I wish there was some other way. Well, if there was, I wouldn't be so worried, believe me. Conventional aircraft can't reach it. Could you not use a homing rocket? Well, I guess not, Professor. It's on the fringe as far as range is concerned, and it might just as easy home on the metal foil of the balloon covering. That would bring the canister down, but where? Uh, somewhere in the middle of um, uh, uh, the city. Well, that's just. Which one? I don't know, and I don't care. Better get organized then before she gets right out of range. So this is our earliest instance as well of a supercar going into space, or as near as makes no difference. And that was always part of the the theme song. You know, she travels in space. But supercar can do it, are you? Of all the the Anderson vehicles that could go into space, supercar, firstly by far, went there the least. But secondly, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd want to go into space in supercar. I don't know if it's to do with the fact that all the other shows that came along later made supercar look so so quaint as a as a travelling vehicle by comparison because they were just so much more advanced but other factors supercar kind of no time to consider in practice it seems like a death trap at times like this everything's always so experimental and always so we don't know if this will actually work but um yeah i wouldn't want to go into space in this thing i don't think i'd even want to go underwater in this thing forward flight will help just that just the fact that you've got you're stuck in one room for the whole trip, and you're dependent on that that air bubble canopy and the slightest hole in it, the slightest problem. Okay, Professor, you are you are in serious trouble. In a fireball, you will not be able to swerve out of its path. So, fireball? Did you mention fireball? Mike will still have a considerable amount of cosmic activity to contend with on the way up. I thought that would be the case. My voice is a bit different now. 
It's not as good as a spacesuit, but it'll help deflect radiation. Oh, good. Oh, dear. Here I am, all foil wrapped for instant freshness. Like a chicken just going to be popped into the oven. Not the oven, Mike. Where you're going, it will be more like a deep freeze. I'll be all right, Professor. I borrowed Doc Beaker's winter underwear. <laughs> what? Does he know, Mike? Oh, yeah, it's fine. We we do this all the time. Mike does look a bit silly in this um, suit that the, uh, uh, the Air Force have put together for him. Here it is. Let's keep it that way. We'll do our best. Armaments, mechanisms... And the helmet also makes it really obvious that when the puppet is in supercar, there's no roof on the canopy. The helmet is sticking right out the top. Okay, then. Just to get the feel of it. Rain 1600. That's too close. My Which makes it even more um, ludicrous to go into space in this thing. Range 2000. Fire. Good, Mike, good. Direct hit on number three rectifier, Professor. You won't be needing it, will you? <laughs> All right. Oh, so is this the, the, the installation of supercar's weapons for the first time? It's going to get exciting. I'm going down to see. But they won't let you in because they don't want you there. I hate to burst your bubble like that. The telemetry system is now uh, geared over to need for supercar. All that remains now, I suppose, is take off. Correct. 14,000. 15,000. Hit the lock on. Fire one. Fire one. Starboard 5,000. <sighs> 7,000. I, again, I say I do like the technical stuff on the show, but when it comes to the launch sequence and we have to go through this every time, not just charging one engine, but charging both. Get a lock on, starboard to charge. Fire two, fire two. But maybe in the 60s, watching this once a week, people were enthralled by this. Um, watching them all back to back, which to be fair, they were never designed to be watched this way, is... Um, it does get a bit wearing, but I don't know if that's the show's fault or if it's just... Um, over-familiarity with something that was made with the... The, the, the almost absolute certainty that it would never be seen again by anybody. All clear for takeoff. Good luck, Mike. <laughs> Mike gives Jimmy's encouragement the uh, silent contempt it deserves. Control to pilot, we read. How do you feel, Mike? Just fine. Altitude 17,500. Beaker's underwear is working a treat, Professor. I'm going to have to try some more of these. Oh, it's going wobbly. Bucking a bit, Professor. That's all right, Mike. You're running into tropospheric air currents. Once you get through that and above the tropopoles, they'll decrease. Yeah, and so will aerodynamic control. External temperature minus 50, internal plus 30 centigrade. Now, how does it feel, Mike? Like a cool, clear New England winter's day. Yeah, probably because you've got the canopy wide open. And that is something that they must have noticed back in the back in the sixties. He's well up in the stratosphere now, Jimmy. And from here on it gets difficult. Pilot the console. Seems clear of air currents now, Professor. But you'll have to help me with the steering. Roger. Oh, Mike's now got a respirator on, and it does look like they've made a bit of an effort to uh, restore the, the canopy roof. You can still see the strings are coming through the top, but it does now look like there's an actual top part to the uh half starboard engine the surface oh dear i mean i i don't know about you but i i i can easily blank out the strings quite quite easily on these shows even something as as primitive as torchy the the strings being able to see them doesn't bother me except at times like this where it's like 
it kind of destroys the, the, the narrative cohesion to have the strings poking out of the top of Supercar. Professor. Yes, Dr. Bigger, what is it? I think it would be advisable to ask Mike to perform a brief uh, cockpit check. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Read off the numbers. Roger, Consul. Feels cold. Yeah, Mike's got a respirator and he's got shades. Cockpit temperature normal, Mike. Bigger says carry on. What about uh, your oxygen equipment? No trouble at all, Professor. I'll check how much there is left. A couple of hours at least. Normal flow rate. Cockpit, internal pressure. Low. Professor, she's low. I'm losing pressure someplace. Uh-oh. The cockpit seems to be leaking. All right. There is no immediate emergency. He's got my underoos. I hardly think so. It cannot be a fast leak. And Mike's oxygen mask, assuming it fits well, it will protect him from immediate lack of oxygen. But he will have to find where it is escaping from. Uh, uh, professor. Yes, Vicar? Ask him to try and find the source of the... Uh, this is exactly what I mean about not wanting to go into space in supercar. One tiny hole in that canopy. Oh, and it's... it's be easy, but I can try. It's game over. Although, again, they're not... Check the cockpit cover, where it seals. That's the most likely place. Yeah, we'll ignore the, the gaping hole in the roof, though. I'm sorry, I won't keep going on about that, but it is funny. They're looking for a hole. Where could it be? Well, we'll ignore the great big uh, gaping hole directly over my head. Well, you'll have to try and mend it, Mike. No, he's found the fracture now. Well, I did, Professor. Only I didn't bring my puncture repair kit with me. Oh. Actually, he did, Professor. I put one down by the right of the seat. Oh, he's good. Okay, I got it. There's a hole. And... First time I ever mended a puncture from inside the tube. It's covered. That's it, folks. Show's over for the moment. Business back to normal. You're sure it's all right now, Mike? Fine, Professor. Hey, I must be getting close by now. Well, that was a near thing. Not really, my dear Colonel. These things are all in a day's work. Everything... For supercar. I, I, um, I, I don't know, I, I kind of like, again, the sort of... The fact that Supercar doesn't really build to anything hugely dramatic. There's more sort of a series of minor, potentially dramatic moments that, eh, don't worry, don't worry, we've fixed the hole, it's fine. Anyway, here comes the balloon. Rare, at 10 o'clock. Bring him down, five degrees, Professor. Console to pilot, reduce on port engine, one second only. Switching on clear view now. There she is, there's our baby. Mm, yeah, but uh, rather a dangerous baby. It's not so easy, is it? You can uh, say that again. Oh, Beaker's basically got the, the colonel breathing down his throat. I must say that canister looks kind of peaceful just hanging there. Art Why did they pack this canister full of explosives again? Aside from, you know, having a dramatic reason to need to go up and destroy it. Got it in the sights, Professor. Was this experiment, could it really not be done without just an empty container? Boost fort, one second. Range 2000. Or, or they could have put Jimmy in there if they wanted something to weigh it down. I'm sure he would have gleefully accepted. Mike, are you still there? You're into 1875. And I'm going in further, too. Mike? Oh, he's so brave. Oh, I can't hold steady and guarantee a hit at that range. And I haven't brought Supercar all the way up here to miss. Oh. And Graydon Gould is so good at times like this that... Fire at nine, Professor. But Mike, you won't get through yourself. Won't I? I'm going pretty fast. He's so... He, he can... He can rattle off the words so quickly and they sound so dramatic. That's it. And he's blown up the explosion thingy, which, um... 
really wouldn't have it wouldn't have blown up the city, whichever city it was. It might have um, might have knocked over somebody's TV aerial, but uh, otherwise, it's all good. Mike has saved the day again. You won't mind us sending you the bill for a new paint job. Oh, certainly. Oh, supercar's a bit singed. I guess that's the least the Air Force can do. Not at all. It was a great opportunity to run an altitude test. And nearly kill Mike. Lean on the excitement, though. Well, Jimmy, we couldn't risk him sticking a paw into that operation. Oh, dear. So now Mitch is... See what I mean? He's a... meddlesome. Oh, is that it? Oh, okay. That's an odd note to end on. Mitch had just taken one of the general cigars and was bouncing up and down on a console. Anyway, that was What Goes Up, which I actually rather enjoyed. Despite its its undeniable primitiveness, only really when compared to what came afterwards. I, I always like to see Supercar most of the time, and I especially like these early episodes where they're building, they're, they're continuing to develop the vehicle and, and understand how it can operate in certain environments. And again, we didn't really see Supercar go into space all that often. I think it maybe happened a couple of times after this. So, yeah, another good episode of Supercar, one of the earliest uh, triumphs of the series, I think, always pushing back the boundaries of uh, what Super Mario Nation could do. 